0: Welcome everybody to episode seven of the NHL Trade Talk podcast. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with NHLTradeTalk.com. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk all about Jonathan Huberdeau's new deal with the Calgary Flames. He inked an eight-year deal, so essentially nine years with the Flames. Uh, Thirty years old when that deal starts. Huge money: ten and a half million dollars a season. Uh, was it a good deal by the Flames? Was it a risk by the Calgary Flames? I think there's people falling on both sides of this. We're going to talk about that on today's show. In other news, Jesper Bratt signs a one-year deal with the New Jersey Devils to avoid arbitration. We'll talk about what that means for Bratt, his future with the Devils organization. Uh, what's going on with the Newark Islanders and Nazem Kadri? And there's more speculation linking those two sides together. And John Klingberg has talked for the first time after signing his deal with the Anaheim Ducks. And what happened this summer? Where did his deal go? He was supposed to sign a long-term contract with somebody. It did not pan out. He signs a one-year, $7 million deal with the Ducks. What does that mean? Is he sticking with the Ducks? Is he trying to showcase himself to get traded? Is he trying to showcase himself to get a long-term extension? Uh, What's all that going to mean? And what's happening in Dallas? The Dallas Stars. Jake Ottinger, the goaltender, still has not signed. And it sounds like contract talks have stalled So we're going to dissect that too. Um, Brooke Laferno from the Hockey Writers is going to join me here in a second. Uh, Again, this is Jim Parsons with NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. Episode 7, we hope you enjoy. Do us a favor, download, subscribe, uh, listen to it on your favorite podcast platforms, and uh, tune in every week. Here's Episode 7. Enjoy. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another NHL Trade Talk, and podcast episode. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with the thehockeyraders.com and NHLTradetalk.com. As always, with Brooke Laferno. Brooke, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I just got back from vacation. So for folks that were uh, listening to the podcast, hoping, and we are new, so we don't have probably a ton of listeners yet. But for those that are wondering why we haven't done an episode in about a week and a half, uh, I was on vacation. So I'm back now. Hockey has continued on without me. And there's lots to talk about. So we're going to cover a few of those topics today. A uh, little Jesper Bratt conversation. Jonathan Huberow, uh signs a huge deal in Calgary. Uh, Manji Pani signs in Calgary as well. We're talking about Mackenzie Weger possibly being next. Still Nazem Kadri rumors out there. John Klingberg talks about his deal. And there's tons to cover. So uh, I'm going to let you decide where you want to go first. What topic of those many topics would you like to approach first this week?
1: Maybe let's start with Huberto because that was just the most recent one we've got.
0: Okay. Uh, So for folks that don't know what's going on, uh, if you're a big hockey fan, you probably do. Uh, Jonathan Huberto was traded along with Mackenzie Weaker to the Calgary Flames for Matthew Kachuk. So huge deal that we talked about on one of the episodes already. The question we didn't know at the time that we recorded that episode was what was going to happen with Hugo and Uyghur. We didn't know if both were pending UFAs at the end of next season. So they both have one more year in their deal. And the question was what happens in Calgary if neither one of these guys sign? If they decide to go, Calgary's kind of in the same boat they were with Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, where they would have to trade these two players, kind of be right back where they started again. And we said, hey, at the very least, Calgary's probably going to get three first round picks out of all of this. But we don't have to worry about it, because Jonathan Hubero, Hubero just signed an eight-year extension worth 84 million dollars with the Calgary Flames. Uh, big deal. So that's basically a nine-year contract, because he's got one more year left on the current contract he's under. Uh, he's going to be in his 30s when this thing uh, late 30's, when this thing is over. So first reaction to the fact one that Jonathan Hubero has signed with the Calgary Flames, uh, two, that he gets a monster deal at the age that he's at already.
1: Uh, I wasn't surprised that he signed a long-term deal. I think it was kind of assumed when he got traded for that that was maybe going to happen. Otherwise, if he wasn't going to sign there, that was a problem. I think the GM kind of had an idea that that was going to happen when he traded for him. So I'm not surprised. I'm surprised it happened this quickly. I figured it might happen maybe in the season, maybe or something, but Hey, I actually love the deal actually for Calgary. I'm not going to lie. I know it's um there's a lot of people that are kind of not very happy about that and think they're taking a big risk. Uh, because he's going to be in his 30s. But I actually love it. The more I think about it, the more I like it for them. You have to win now. Uh, Calgary proved that they were close. Um, and it was hard for them to lose, you know, uh, Gaudreau and Kachuk. So I love it. You got to go for it. You got to keep elite players. And yeah, it could age badly. This, I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I don't think it will for a few about that right now. So and they still have some capsules to work with. They got 2 million right now. That's not a lot, but it's still some and they can continue to build off it. So I actually love it. I think they're going to stick in their competitive window
0: yeah it is there's a lot to dissect here there's some people looking at this deal going okay uh if you're calgary you got to sign this player you just shipped out two of your biggest names you need something to show for that so that's what the huberto deal does look like i will agree that i do believe calgary felt as though they were probably in a situation where they like we have to give him basically all the money we were going to give johnny Gaudreau, right it would be nice to give uh, less term to an older player. Uh, but Calgary needed a win here. And yeah. on the surface, short term, this looks like a win. The downside as people are pointing out is that he's 29. Now he'll be 30 when this contract starts, he'll be 38 when it's over. Um, that is a long, long deal for somebody who is inevitably going to decline probably the last half of that contract. You know, like we're talking about when you get into your 34, 35, Huberto could be good till 34, 35, and he'll probably stay competitive and doing other things, but $10.5 million for a player at 35, 36, 37, and 38 years old. That's a lot of money that Calgary is going to be tied into. So I get it why they did it. I also go, man, hopefully they do well in the first four years of this. And Huberto is a hundred point player for at least four more seasons because anything less than that, it's immediately going to look like a contract that is going to hurt this team. So mm-hmm. it's, but it's both, right. I get it. Why they did it. I understand their logic behind it. I understand why Huberto signed it. I know there were some people that were saying, Oh man, he's, he said, he's picking out his Jersey number. He's number 10 for the season. And that of course led to speculation that he's only confirmed to be in Calgary for one year, but that was not the case. When you're going to get an $84 million deal at the age of 30, you sign it. Like, Why would you not? Right. You're not probably getting that deal from anybody else. If you hit free agency, if he goes to unrestricted free agency at the end of next summer, he might get five or six years, right? Mm -hmm. He's got nine years essentially from Calgary. So of course you're going to sign that. And of course, Mackenzie Weger, who's up next, uh, is looking at this going, okay, well, my buddy just got, you hit a grand slam, you know, in terms of contract deals, what are they going to give me? What do you think they'll give him? Like if Mackenzie Weger does sign, which it sounds like he's open to doing and has suggested that he's actually interested in doing so. Do you think he's thinking he's going to get something along? Not the same dollar value, obviously, but uh, that he's going to get a long-term deal, a really lucrative contract from the flames and the flames aren't necessarily in the position they were with Huberto and Weger, but they probably want to get both of these guys signed.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, obviously not the same dollar amount for sure. But the kind of long-term deal with him has me um, a little kind of taken aback. I don't think they're going to give him a long-term deal right now. Still, I mean, I, there's still a long time to see what they'll do with the cap to see if they can make that work. But I don't really see that happening right now. I see maybe like a three-year deal for him to start. I mean, he has 28. Um I could I guess you could say he's due for another payday if he kind of sticks to his play but we'll see uh but I'm thinking with the way they're looking right now it's not going to be a long term but in their mind long term could mean 3 or 4 5 years you never know but I do see him sticking around let's put it that way but obviously like I said not for that not for an insane amount I don't think
0: Yeah I I do believe they'll figure that one out and get it signed I am not sure if Calgary's yet good enough to be where they were last season. You lose Gaudreau, you lose Kachuk. You replace him essentially with Huberto and Uyghur if he signs. Um, still don't know. It's a good team. Calgary's going to be a solid team. I think they'll be contending uh, for a playoff spot for sure, but I don't know if they're as good as they were before those two, te- those two players left. Do you think Calgary needs to do something else here? Like they can't be finished, even though they're dishing out huge money to Huberto and potentially to Uyghur.
1: I did say, I think before, that they can't be done um because you need depth um I'm thinking you know there's still some depth on the market still available that they could probably get um for a good price I still think they could maybe get even Phil Kessel for a good price which might sound kind of weird but you know he's a veteran Stanley Cup champion that might make sense for them uh he obviously hasn't been the same uh but you never know on a good team like Calgary yeah he could produce well so you never know but Uh, I, I'm actually thinking though, that they might stick now, now that Huberto signed, I think they're going to stick with the roster they have. They seem pretty content, um, with those, um, with that trade essentially for Uyghur and Huberto, they seem, uh, really happy with that. So I'm thinking they'll stick with that and see how that works, how they fit in before making another big decision, but we'll see. But I think they've done a really good job.
0: So do we both agree now that this officially takes Calgary, out of the running for Nazem Kadri, We had mentioned in the past that maybe Calgary was in there. Uh, There were talk that the Flames might be interested. There was previous rumors that he had been traded there, and then he glide the trade, and that maybe that would still carry over to now. Uh, We're hearing that the New York Islanders are big in on Kadri, but let's go one step at a time here. Is Calgary out now officially? No Kadri to Calgary?
1: Yes, I think they're out. And that was the first thing I actually thought of when I saw Huberto's contract. I was like, oh, that's taking them out of the running um, for Cadre. So I don't think they're upset about that, though. I think they got their guy and they're sticking with it.
0: Okay, well, then let's talk about the team that we believe is probably the most likely to land Cadre at this point. I think we're probably down to what, Colorado, him returning there, even though I think you said in the last episode that you didn't see that happening. Um, And the New York Islanders are the team now that apparently is all the arrows are pointing in that direction. Now we have no confirmation on this. Let's be very clear about that. We have really no confirmation on anything coming out of the Islanders organization. Lou Lamarillo has kept uh, consistently quiet over the many years that he has done this thing as GM. And he does not talk about Mm -hmm. what his deals are until right around September. Uh, I just be shocked though, if this cadre thing if it's accurate and he is going to the islanders doesn't leak out i just don't understand how everybody thinks that maybe this deal's already kind of in the bag um islanders have to do other moves but do you think that's where he's going and if so how has this not gotten out there yet
1: i know there's only two teams that are very like silent and that's the Detroit Red Wings with Steve Iserman and the Islanders with Lou Lamorella. I don't know what's happening there they got good um people around them that just keep their mouths shut so good for them but for hockey fans that's not what you want to see but I don't I I have to think a deal is close at this point it's August (laughs) I mean uh it's been going on for too long but yeah, the Islanders, I have to think, are very serious um, about this. I think NHL Network made a good comment about when uh, Lula Morella was in Toronto, Kadri was his guy. Seems like this has been kind of building up for years in the making. Obviously, the Islanders have to move cap space um, to sign him to that amount, but I have to think there's something in place. Maybe seeing Huberto's contract uh, might, you know – give him a baseline again but it was reported that he is asking for nine million a year on a long-term deal so uh we'll see about that but i have to think something is sort of in place at the moment they're just have to figure out the logistics
0: if he is signed by the islanders and we both seem to agree that they'll have to move some pieces out who do you think goes i've heard josh bailey's name i've heard um parento could be out there uh or excuse me john gabriel paggio not parento uh, that's been a long name that I haven't used in a long time, PA Parental. Um, So where do you think they make the space? Like, it, It's interesting because Cadre doesn't necessarily naturally fit on the Islanders in the top six. Uh, you'd have to move someone from center to wing. You'd have to move out a winger to clear the space. Uh, it's an interesting... They still got to get Alexander Romanoff done on a deal there, which we believe probably is done. Uh, Noah Dobson, same thing. Um, so what happens here? Like, Are they... Who do they move?
1: I have heard Josh Bailey's name for a few years now. I have to think there's something there that they would probably be more willing to move him. And I also keep hearing Barzell's name and it seems like his name keeps popping up. It's someone that you wouldn't want to move, but his name keeps popping up for whatever reason. Um, I think there are, I think those are just rumors to be honest. I don't think they're actually trying to move him. but yeah, I would think Josh Bailey would be the big one for sure. Before trying to get anyone else but they have to move something here because obviously it doesn't make sense
0: yeah it would be shocking to me if they move matthew barzell i mean he's still just 25 he's got one more year left in his deal at seven i guess if there's any talk at all about it it's because of the money um because he's in rfa at the end of next season and he's probably going to be due for a contract extension at a bigger dollar figure but yeah i don't know i wouldn't to be totally honest with you i would not bring in Kadri at the expense of matthew barzell
1: no, like I wouldn't doesn't, either.
0: doesn't make sense to me. If you're trading one for the other and you say to yourself, okay, I want Kadri, but I got to give up Barzell to get him, I don't do that move. right? No. Just, I mm-hmm. don't see it. I, th- I like Kadri as a player. I think he offers you a lot of things. And Matthew Barzell is a you know speedy scorer who can uh, really be dynamic. But he's still, to me, a more important player to your franchise than Kadri would be. I just don't know. I mean, Kadri's good, but I don't see him having the same – success that he had in Colorado on a new team. So I don't make that swap. Josh Bailey makes sense to me. Uh, there's some money you can move out uh, probably fairly easily. Yeah. The teams are tight, but 5 million bucks for the next two seasons, probably not an immovable contract. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Jesper Bratt. He was a guy that you wanted to touch on because you find his story in New Jersey, quite interesting. He signs a one-year deal, 5.45 million to avoid arbitration Uh, What we were hearing prior to this deal was that New Jersey was making multiple pitches to him on long-term extensions, all of which did not happen. Um, I've seen everything from eight times eight to seven times seven. Uh, He gets one at 5.45. So what's your initial reaction to this? Is this a kind of deal that basically screamed? Now he is an RFA at the end of this deal. So there'll be another arbitration eligible negotiation between these two sides. They could walk him right to unrestricted free agency, which they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it looks like maybe that's what he's leaning towards that. He wants the Kachuk situation where he signs very short-term deals and walks himself into the most options like a Pierre-Luc Dubois or Matthew Kachuk. What's happening with Bratton, New Jersey.
1: This contract intrigues me because I know um, their general manager said that they wanted a long-term extension done and it didn't happen. And I think maybe they thought arbitration avoiding it would help that. And it didn't seem like it did. And the one-year deal uh, kind of strikes me as I'm happy for them. I'm happy for New Jersey that they get to keep him, but I am concerned for them a little bit. If he produces the way he did last year, then they're right back to square one and you have no idea if he wants to stay kind of thing but he's the type of player that's been getting better year after year after year and last year was kind of just his big breakout moment i mean 73 points in 76 games he's now one of the league's best offensive weapons so um like i said happy for them that they get to keep him. now i don't know if they're going to keep him long term at this point something seems a little off um with that deal but i know that he wanted six million the team wanted four million they settled at 5.45 million so We'll see, but yeah, definitely an intriguing case. I think they should be able to keep him, but it's a case of does he want to be there long-term?
0: Yeah, the funny thing for me is that I'm under the impression that New Jersey was willing to give him probably what he wanted now. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if he was looking at, say, seven, eight million bucks on a long-term deal, they would have given it to him, right? So what's he asking for? You know, like what does he think his value is? or will be at the end of this next season. I think that's the real question in New Jersey is I think that he must be betting on himself and going, I believe that the 73 points that I just scored this season is just scraping the tip of what I can do here in the NHL, which is a risk on his part too, right? If now arbitration eligible, if he has another repeat season, he's definitely going to get more money than the 5.45, but you got to wonder if he's the kind of guy that's looking at this going, I think can get nine, nine and a half, even 10, if I have another repeat season and is that what New Jersey was trying to avoid? Did they see this as a player who eight times eight? Yes. We're perfectly happy to do that. Let's go ahead and get that locked in right now. Eight times nine and a half, not so much. Maybe that's what they were trying to avoid, but if that's how this turns out and he has another season, like he had this last year, I don't know that they care, right? Like I I think if he's willing to do eight times nine and a half and he has two seventy to 80 something point seasons, um, It might be a little more than you'd want because, let me look at Kachuk, got nine and a half or 9.75, just had a 104 point season, right? Mm -hmm. Winger is not necessarily the guys you want to give those huge, huge deals to. So Mm -hmm. I think this is probably about a few dollars and cents to me, you know, like eight million versus nine million uh, over the long term. What do you think will happen here if he hits it out of the park? Like if he jumps from 73 to 85
1: uh to be honest I think maybe it might be a smart business move on New Jersey's part if they're hoping like okay show us you can repeat this and then we'll talk what you're thinking you're worth if you're thinking you're worth nine ten million okay then we'll talk if you prove it again that way they're not stuck like you said if he ends up laying a dud next season then it's like okay maybe that was a bad idea but so I get that point so I think if he repeats this season, or if he does even better then I think maybe they feel more comfortable dishing that out. But I think like an eight by eight deal, if they, if that's what was offered and he rejected it, I think that's very standard. He's only 24. That contract should age nicely. Um, That's usually what we see that contracts pretty standard in this league. So, um, but yeah, it could be a very good business move by New Jersey. And like I said, if he does repeat, I think they'd be willing to keep or to dish out the money for, for sure. Just like every other team I think will probably as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's there's I just don't see a situation where New Jersey is going to let him walk mm-hmm. in unrestricted free agency. Like, they've been watching what's happening around the NHL with guys like Dubois and Kachuk and how disastrous that that is going to turn out to be has been for Calgary, although it looks like on the surface they've managed to salvage something out of this. But whatever happens with Dubois, which we still need to do an episode <laughs> on, um, yeah. in Winnipeg to potentially Montreal, I mean, Winnipeg's going to get creamed here it looks like right mm-hmm. and they can't avoid it like yes they have co- team player control here and new jersey has team player control but for how long if they keep walking him then they're certainly not going to do that so i am curious to see what happens here at the end of this year if he has a wonderful season and is still mm-hmm. looking at a one-year deal is still only talking about that and not looking at long term you got to wonder if new jersey thinks about shopping him, right because mm-hmm. at some point you got to go this guy's not long for being here and he's at his highest height of value right now. We should probably move him, get whatever pieces we can and see what teams are willing to give up. Right. Let's hope they don't get there, you know, for New Jersey's sake, for fans of the devils out there, let's hope that's not what happens, but uh, it is interesting that he is signing these one year uh, or a one year contract, potentially another one at the end of the season.
1: And their general manager, Tom Fitzgerald, did say that he hopes that by having this contract in place that they can continue working at a long-term deal. So I do think he will continue to work at it. Like you said, I think it's just kind of the balls in um, Brat's court.
0: Another guy who signed a one-year contract, John Klingberg, uh, inks a one-year, $7 million deal with the Anaheim Ducks. Different situation, though. Uh, One, he was an unrestricted free agent. Two, he was trying to sign a long-term deal with almost anybody that was going (laughs) to give him even remotely close to the ballpark that he thought he was worth. And he said in comments today with the media or yesterday, whatever it was that that just wasn't out there that he could not get the deal he was looking for. So he had to narrow it down to a handful of short-term options. He believes Anaheim is probably the team that gives him the best opportunity to hit it out of the park here and look for a long-term deal again next summer. So Klingberg doesn't get the deal he wants. He makes some money. Um, He's going to play in Anaheim a lot. And he's probably going to produce fairly well. They might not be the best team, but uh, they got some youngsters on that team that he can kind of mentor and do some things with. One, do you think he gets the long-term deal he's looking for next summer? Two, is it with the Anaheim Ducks?
1: I do think he'll get a long-term extension at some point. Um, The Ducks, though, I don't know. Actually, do you know what? I will say yes. I do think it will be with Anaheim, if I'm going to be honest. He seems actually very excited to be there in Anaheim wasn't really a team I had on my radar uh, for Klingberg. I thought he was going to go to a contending team, but it makes sense if he gets to, you know, redefine his game in Anaheim, help them get back to the playoffs. He gets comfortable there. He's a very good defenseman. I think he'll continue to have really good years in Anaheim regardless. So I think he kind of just has to build trust within the team. I don't think it's a bad deal for them at all. I don't think it's a bad gamble. If he goes in there and doesn't fit, then okay, you can let him walk again. I do think someone will pay him eventually. It just wasn't this year. And I think we saw that in Dallas that teams were just a little hesitant for whatever reason, but he's got to kind of build that um, resume again.
0: Yeah, I find this the contract interesting because I don't know what it means. I don't know if the Anaheim <laughs> Ducks are looking at keeping Klingberg around if he plays well, or are they a team that says, let's hope he plays well so we can trade him. Mm-hmm. right because if they aren't interested in signing them to a long-term deal and this is a team that signed some interesting players to some longer-term contracts here this summer ryan Strom being one of them um i don't know what their plan is and so if they're thinking like chicago in many ways where they're going to sign some players that could be movable if they're willing to retain some salary and they've got the cap space to do it this season could he have a really good year could they retain 50 percent? could they move him at the deadline um i see that all as possible i mm-hmm. i wonder if uh, that is Anaheim's game plan is to give him an opportunity to play a million minutes, see what he can do. If he's interested, we'll talk. And if not, we'll move him. And there's gonna be a team who sees him as a power play quarterback for a playoff contending team that'll go, okay, three and a half million prorated for this. Uh, we only have to give up so much to get him. Anaheim gets a pick out of the deal. Uh, they're yeah. willing to retain some salary. Klingberg then hits the free agency again next summer and starts all over. Um yeah. so I could see that as possible. And I think Anaheim not only gives a good opportunity to play, but they have the, you know, roster ability to absorb all of this where almost every, there's what 90% of the teams out there cannot do this, right? This Mm -hmm. is not an option for them. Seattle was a team I thought would be interested in him. Uh, Detroit. We'd heard maybe uh, those were all teams that had money too. Right. So it's, it's kind of interesting that that's where this going Cause I don't know where he plugs in with Anaheim long-term. He doesn't fit. The narrative of what that team is mm-hmm. trying to do right he's a little older uh yes he's a good quarterback uh, quarterback guy for the car play but Adam's not really in a position to win so yeah. I don't know I, I'll be curious uh, to watch his story because I think you're right he's probably excited to be there but I wonder if the excitement is the idea that maybe he could be there for a while or that he's going to play a lot and mm-hmm. potentially get a lot of points and then yeah. he opens up a world of possibilities that he did not have this summer
1: yeah, I I agree with that. It's it's interesting because Anaheim seems like they could be good. They started off last season really good and then obviously just went really cold and missed the playoffs. So, you don't know, maybe this team will be better. I don't know if he kind of changes that trajectory for that or trajectory for them. He could. Maybe the general manager thinks so and that's why he signed him, but we don't know what those conversations were like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just want I have no idea. Like we be a fly on the wall and, you know, to know if Klingberg would have accepted a three-year deal, you know, like Mm -hmm. if Anaheim says, you know, we're not going to give you seven, uh, but we give you three times six. we'd look at that. Uh, I just don't know if that was out there. Like it just seemed like a one-year deal was all he was going to get. And if he chose Anaheim on a team that wasn't about to win anything, it's interesting. Uh, (laughs) Final topic, Andrew Mangiapane signs in Calgary. Calgary has been busy over the last couple of weeks. We knew that this was going to be a deal that Calgary wanted to get done, especially with Kachuk and Goudreau leaving the organization. He become he becomes kind of an important piece for them. Uh, he, I wouldn't be shocked if he moves up into that first line situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's He's a good player, 35 goals last season. He should be able to, to do something uh, pretty magical with Calgary, but the question of whether or not he can do that against tougher competition and better blue line defense is going to be out there. Is this a good deal for the Flames? Uh, do you believe that this is the player that they invested the right amount of money on and he could up his numbers or might he struggle in an elevated role?
1: Oh, I actually like this contract. and <laughs> I know I keep saying this about Calgary all episode. I like this move. I like this move, but I think 5 million for Manjiapani I think is pretty good. I don't think that's going to hurt. And I think three years, the term I think is what's kind of selling me on this deal. Three years. That's really, I think a sweet point um, because I think any time after that's going to get a little tricky for Mangiapane because he kind of started off kind of like his career kind of good and then he became really good. And then so I think there's still question marks. Um, we don't really know how he'll do next year, um, next season, but I think he'll still be a very good winger. So I do think that was a very good um, contract for sure. So, and I think it will age very well. I know he's got a no movement clause um, the last two years of the contract, which might make it hard. Um, but I think it's a pretty sweet spot. I don't think it's gonna hurt them at all,
0: yeah, five point eight times three is not a terrible number. um mm-hmm. It will be interesting to see how he performs when given much more responsibility, and it, a lot of weight will be put on his shoulders like he mm-hmm. he is gonna have to come in and essentially do because like we both think Calgary's out of it now in terms of adding any their major pieces. they've got the Huberto deal in their back pocket at this point, but as far as forwards go, it's gonna be you know, depth pieces that round out their top line is now completely different uh, than it was last year. And he's going to have a great opportunity here. Um, If he hits it out of the park and does really well, I'm curious to see where this goes because he is 26. He'll be 29 when this deal ends. And that's still time to look at a five, six year contract extension, but he'll want big money if he's getting 35 goals a season, you know, for the next three seasons. Right. And if he gets, if he takes advantage of the opportunity in a top line role, he could be a 40 goal guy. And if he's a 40 goal guy, he's a $9 million player all day long.
1: Yeah. And if Calgary's like, obviously their goal is to win now, because obviously what they signed Huberto to, they're hoping they'll win in the next four years. And in that case, that's what you want to see out of Mangiapane. Can you win now with us? Can you produce stuff to help us win now? So I think it's kind of a win-win for everyone.
0: Yeah. It's going to be going to be interesting. There's a few storylines here to watch Uh, all the big names with the exception of Naz and Qadri are pretty much off the board at this point. Um, I guess the biggest name still out there on the market that we haven't really talked about uh, PK Subban. There's some talk that he's getting some offers, but uh, his agent has said, we just have to wait for teams to move out money. The teams that are calling and are interested in us have to do other things before they can sign us. And I don't know what that means exactly. If that means that he's looking for a certain amount of money, or he's just looking for a certain team and he wants to play with a contender and they just don't have the space for him at this point, you know, whether that's going back to Montreal, they're not a contender necessarily, but, or Edmonton or Toronto, who knows what they're looking at. I don't know. Phil Kessel's out there. We're still waiting on word for Patrice Bergeron. We thought that was done in the bag with Boston, but he has yet to confirm anything and the Bruins haven't either. Um, I don't know. You got any other names out there? Kadri was Paul Stastny's one I'm curious about. I have Mm -hmm. no idea what's happening with him. I think he could be one of those like end of the summer looks at the whole landscape of the NHL and says, okay, I like what these guys did. I like what these guys did. Not so much over there. Uh, I'll go over there. Like, do you see him signing a really small kind of very team friendly deal?
1: Yes, I think he has to. I think he even said he only wants to sign a deal with the contending team. So obviously if that's the case, it has to be a small contract. And I do think a team would be willing to do that, but. Maybe not because he's still on the market. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Any names you're still surprised at? Like Sonny Milano is still out there. Evan Rodriguez is still out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are names that have not been signed by anybody. You think that's money? You think they're waiting for the right offer from a team that just needs to clear some space out?
1: Yes. Um, so I do think it's money for both players. I think both players have a lot to offer. I think a lot of teams are interested in both of them. I do think it is about money though. But Sonny Milano's the one. I just wrote about him actually, um, for the hockey writers. About I'm still shocked he's on the market. He had a career here last season. He's still young. He's 26 years old. Um, he could be a really nice depth piece i think for any contending team or really just any team in general i'm surprised um but i do think because he had a career year that he probably is kind of upping the ante um in contract talks so he's gonna his baseline before was like over a million so i do think he's gonna want more than a million in his next contract but teams might be a little hesitant on that because it was one good year so you never know but i do think i still i'm surprised i still think a team could get him for a really good value and he'd make a good addition
0: And then the other team that I'm thinking about, and you mentioned, uh, you're curious with this too, the Dallas Stars, uh, Jake Ottinger, still not signed. uh, Calgary, or excuse me, the Dallas Stars goaltender who just shone against the Calgary Flames in this uh, past playoff season. And then Jason Robertson still out there as an RFA too. So Dallas has got some work to do. And for whatever reason, they seem to be unable to get these deals done. Uh, Ottinger, I guess there are no comparables really for this guy. So I don't know if you have any idea what you give them, you know, if you're the Dallas (laughs) stars, Jason Robertson is going to be a heck of a player. Uh, What's happening in Dallas? What's your, what's your read on the situation?
1: Um, Robertson, I have no idea, but I do think obviously he's commanding a lot. Dallas has pretty good cap space right now. They got over 10 million in cap space. So they do have um, money to work with. I don't think that's the issue, but I do think maybe term, Um, is an issue especially for Robertson like you said seeing what Huberdo and what those other players got he's not up to their level yet but he's still a very good player and has been since the second he got into the league so I do think maybe there's money there um Ottinger is I I'm not worried about Robertson getting a deal I do think something will get done it's just taking longer but Ottinger is the one I'm really uh uh in on right now because I don't exactly know what's going on there. I thought that would be kind of an easy sign for them. It makes sense. He's their goalie of the future and nothing's getting done. And then there was the report from the athletic uh, yesterday or two days ago that contract talks have stalled between them. It's a market value thing. They don't, the Dallas doesn't really know what to give them. To be honest, they have really nothing to base it off of on the goalie market. So they were thinking about Carter or Carter Hart. What he got uh, was a three-year million dollar deal and they think okay he had more experience than Ottinger when he got that contract um so they said if that's the baseline what's Ottinger's because he played outstanding in the playoffs and he has that pedigree to him now there's a lot of different um aspects to that but now I'm concerned they won't be able to keep Ottinger like I said I think they'll keep Robertson for sure Ottinger now I'm not so sure that they will keep him
0: it is an interesting situation with that goaltender because he was lights out good
1: Mm-hmm. but there's
0: no way to know if he's going to continue to be lights so out good. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about the same kind of thing with Billy Husso in St. Louis going to where did he end up going Detroit? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they gamble a little bit on this guy thinking that, you know, what they saw in St. Louis in the regular season last year is going to be what he does. And he very well might. And Jake Ottinger might be that guy for the Dallas stars. He might be one of the better starting goaltenders uh, based on what he did in a short stint in the playoffs last year but there's no way to know that there's absolutely no way to be confident that what you saw over those few games is what he can deliver to you over the course of a full season. And it's just going to be very interesting to see if they go, you know what, if we want to keep this guy, we have got to bank that he is that guy. And if there's any signs at all that he might not be, I could see why they're hesitant to just go out and say, okay, let's give you all the money in the world. Now he is an RFA. So you'd think they could bridge this guy if there was a possibility, they're like, we need a little more from you, bud. Like we got to see that you can do this repeatedly before. And if you can, we'll give you all the money you could ever dream of. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you can't, we need to know it. And the only way we're going to know it is if we bridge you. I don't know if I'm Dallas, if I would give him a long tune. I know a lot of people saw what he did and would be like, yes, Mm -hmm. of course. Uh, I don't think I would, to be honest with you, because it's risky. And you goalies are such a funny thing, right? Like, they can be really good and you could be looking back at it and go, man, why didn't we do that? Or it could be mm-hmm. really bad. And then you're stuck and you've given this guy six, seven years. I mean, there's a lot of guys you can mention in the NHL who got massive deals and you're looking at them now going, man, there's no way to move that. Uh-huh. Right. That could be the situation in Dallas. I have no idea. So I could see why this is taking a little longer than it probably should on the surface, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you're predicting it, you think he gets a short-term deal or a long-term deal? Should they sign him?
1: It has to be a short-term deal and you know what like you said I don't blame Dallas for going for thinking this way because he is 23 years old um, he's still got a lot to prove and from watching the Blackhawks and facing the stars a lot and having seen him play during the regular season he does have times where he struggles he can look either really good or really bad and obviously in the playoffs he was outstanding and I'm not saying that was a knock on him I think he's just young and growing still I do think they're weary about that I do think they're thinking well we saw you in the regular season and you did have some hook like hiccups there. So um, I don't see why he can't accept a short-term deal at the moment. He will get his payday at some point, but he does need to show a little more, I think. And that's not a bad thing at all. I think that fits perfectly for Dallas, but that's in his court then. Um, But I do think his camp is also thinking, well, everyone saw how he played in the playoffs. A lot of teams would be willing to give him a long-term contract right now, thinking he'll be our goalie of the future. So. But like I said, I think it'd be smart for him to take a short-term deal, show everyone that you can be that goalie consistently in the regular season as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, in his defense, his his resume is great. His numbers look awesome, but -hmm. it's only 77 games, right? 77 regular season games and nine playoff games where he's got like a nine, seven something percentage. Like he's just Mm -hmm. been unbelievable in the playoffs, Uh, but he has such a small limited number of games that he's been able to do this for. Yes. His world junior stuff. I mean, he's looked great, but Mm -hmm. man, oh man, it's a tough one. I I get why this is taking a minute. Anyway, we'll be uh, curious to see if this happens uh, prior to the next show that we do. Uh, We're going to wrap her there just because we're running out of time for this week, but we'll probably still plan our Pierre-Luc Dubois episode, which we've now pushed back three separate times, uh, but we will get there. We promise. And maybe there's more action. Maybe guys like Kessel, maybe Rodriguez, maybe some other names that are out there still get signed by somebody uh and we'll have something to talk about on the next episode uh brooke thanks uh where can people read your stuff real quick
1: uh you can find me at the hockeywriters.com uh, click on the blackhawks and you'll be able to find all my content there
0: awesome and for me everybody can go to NHLTradetalk.com if they'd like or the hockeywriters news and rumors every day i'm covering the latest in the NHL rumors rundown um what's going on in the rumors mill so we do that every day <laughs> thanks everybody uh this has been another edition of the NHL trade talk podcast We will talk to you soon. Do us a favor, download, subscribe. uh, Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And we will talk to you next time on another show. Thanks, everybody.